Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. We're going to talk brewers. But as always, I'm Andy, here with my buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Turning up the heat. I like that. 82. Yeah, we wanted... it's 2019. We wanted to do a special episode previewing the Brewers because we got NFL free agency coming up. We got March Madness coming up. We don't want the Brewers to get lost. A rocking Bucks team. Bucks are always a hot topic. We don't want the Brewers to get lost in the shuffle. So we're going to do a little mini-sode. This is going to be... Part one of three, right? One of three. Yes, definitely. So is it now then a mini series? I guess it would be. A mini sode series? I guess it would be. be. Yeah. So episode one, we're going to break down the the pitchers and catchers since they returned as we're recording this. They returned today. Today. They started camp already. And then episode two, we're going to do an infield breakdown. First, second, third, and short. And then episode three will bring you the outfield and then an overall review and expectations for 2019. Yeah, and if they make any moves along the way, we'll include it in the uh, soonest episode. Still a chance they could uh, bring in a pitcher, but we're going to talk pitching as of right now, as of today. So leading off to it, we saw that the pitchers and catchers reported. Did you guys get to see the video and the different uh, images coming out of Maryvale, like after the rehab or refurbishment, the building reconstruction of their facility. I did see it was quite the upgrade. It looks amazing. $60 million project. Yeah. I just, all the, even like the, like the Whirlpool tubs they have for all the, the rehabbing and, and like physical training and strength training that they have down in, down in uh, Phoenix there. But then also even the tributes to the different players, I saw they had like the, the wooden numbers for like Yount and other other famous brewers. It was just it looks like a really, really nice complex. That's so yeah, really, really I, good I, job. I did notice you said Maryville Baseball Park and it's actually American Family Fields of Phoenix. <laughs> That's not a joke. That is true. <laughs> that is true. So they've they're already Am jumping fam. in. They're already jumping in. It also includes a learning lounge, which is pretty cool. Free tutoring to local students every day and Saturday. That's kind of a neat little aspect of yeah, that. Yeah, that's a nice 25-year deal yeah. from the, for the Brewers in Phoenix. So, so the they Brewers will be in Maryville for a long They're committed to the Cactus League Definitely. long term. That's what it looks like. I like it. But if you haven't had a chance to take a look at it, I think we reposted the Brewers, posted the video, giving you kind of a, a inside look or tour. You should definitely check that out. Another cool thing about spring training Starting up, they uh, the Brewers honored a fallen Milwaukee Police Department officer, Matthew Rittner, with a jersey and a locker, which was pretty awesome, I think. They had their funeral procession, I believe, today, February 13th. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a really cool thing. Yeah, well done, Brewers, on that one. Um, thoughts and prayers go out to his friends and family. It's never a good thing. So there's some proposed MLB rule changes. Uh, the Players Union and MLB are discussing, of course, ongoing. So 
these might be done. I don't know when they decide these rules, rule changes, but the kind of the big ones are a three batter minimum for pitchers. So goodbye lefty specialists, I, I would imagine. Uh, universal designated hitter, which I think is going to happen in 2020. They already poo-pooed that, I guess, so to say. Um, they they have no way of doing it, implementing it for 2019, but it looks like the, the pitcher's hitting is, is going to disappear soon. Yeah, that one seems inevitable. Uh, interesting one that I kind of like, a single trade deadline before the All-Star break. So that would end the waiver deals that happen till August 31st. Um, I think that would actually, and I think it, it would be, a, yeah, before the All-Star break. So I think it would be pretty awesome to have teams who are on the brink but on the brink of losing and winning, you know, it would have more teams in it. Therefore, you wouldn't have this huge dump of talent. So yeah. it might it might add to more competition for the rest of the year. Uh, Twenty second pitch clock, which I don't know why they want to speed up games. It's it's not much of a difference. I don't I don't know why they're so worried about speeding games up because commercials really bog down everything. Uh, expansion of rosters to 26 men with a 12-pitcher maximum. Uh, draft advantages for winning teams and penalties for losing teams. I think that wouldn't be kind of fun, actually, because then it would the tanking thing has been a big thing with, with baseball, actually. Yeah. So how would they even implement that? So if you were a losing team, you get less draft picks? Yeah, I think you would lose draft picks, like, first round. So the... I, find, I don't know, though. It's going to be tough for the, So if that's true, I haven't really read up on that one particularly, but if that's true, I think they're going to have to address the salary cap issue because otherwise not only now are you still allowing teams to go over the luxury tax and basically buy teams with the best talent, now you're going to let them buy draft picks. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it would be uh, interesting, that's for sure. Uh, they are doing a study to lower the mound. Uh, I'm not sure what the difference of that makes this is little nitpicking stuff i believe and then uh, last thing is kind of interesting a rule that will allow allow two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts of course this is probably referring to kyler murray and major league baseball trying to keep kyler murray in major league baseball because he did announce that he's fully committed as a under six foot quarterback to join the nfl yeah and uh the A's have not given up hope that they can still get him to play baseball, but it seems like uh, he is more likely to be playing in the NFL next year than a minor league team. Yeah. Basically, that is what it might come down to. But the the one advantage the A's have is is they can sign him to a major league contract right now, where the NFL doesn't have that that aspect. So maybe Kyler Murray's just trying to play ball and you know, hoping that he gets this huge major league contract and is in the major leagues right away, whereas the NFL can't do anything right now until the draft comes. Yeah. Overall, though, do you guys like any of these rules? I knew some of these were going to be coming because there was a big initiative starting in 2018 to really speed up the game. I think that's just they got this stigma of going over three hours, and I, I think there was a big push to get it back under around at under or around three and i don't know if it's just the generation of, of 30 second attention span but i i kind of i mean i don't like the idea of getting rid of the three batter minimum for pitchers i mean that's a whole chess game i hate yeah, that that's, one that's the one that I think takes I hate out baseball I don't, yeah. I don't know 
So I, I don't like that one particularly. The other ones, I mean, I could take or leave either one of them. I don't think it bothers me too, too much. I don't like the pitch clock. Um, I really don't like, yeah, that, that three, three batter minimum. It, they're trying to change baseball too much. The designated hitter I'm fine with just because I've always thought it's so goofy that there's two different sets of rules. And if you're going to have one set, I think it makes more sense to have a DH. It's going to prolong like players' careers where half the league you could go, like a player on the tail end of it that couldn't, that struggles more in a position would have to go over to one half of the league where the other half he wouldn't be valuable anymore. It kind of opens up the doors for some of the, the older And don't forget older Jimmy, Jimmy Nelson missed the entire season from sliding into That's also very true. Base. There's been too many pitcher injuries, so... I think Tanaka pulled both his hamstrings at the same time running the bases oh, last yeah. year. Oh, but then, man, I remember But then that. you have the electrifying Woodruff home run hit against Kershaw. Yeah, and it does, I mean, it does make it so you don't need as strong of a bench. That's one thing I do like about the National League. Um, my dad, he has a proposal to solve this, and that's where you get a DH only for the starting pitcher. And as soon as you st- take the starting pitcher out, you lose a DH. I would like that because I really love the cat and mouse game of pinch hitting based off of relievers, and that's why the three batter minimum is ridiculous. That will not happen. But yeah, I, I'd really like that. That would be a rule I would I wouldn't mind for sure because I like the DH. I mean, a lot of people don't, but I love the the NL, and I love I even love how the AL and NL are like the rosters are built totally different. Like you said, you, you kind of have to have a deeper roster with the NL or the AL. You could have a couple hitters on the bench, but, but even the world series is going from AL pitchers who they, of course they've hit before, but, but even that aspect of trying to figure it out as a manager is, it's like different playing styles. So I, I really kind of like that. Uh, granted they do play all season long against AL, but I really like the, the world series a lot. And now you're seeing uh, pitchers stop hitting earlier and earlier in in their careers. I know, yeah, uh, like the minor leagues. Uh, I think single and double A. I'll use the DH, and only in triple A, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Is where even the leagues have pitchers hit, and you're just you're you're going to see a lot more pitchers that just aren't prepared right to be up there swinging away so yeah one rule change i knew there was some debates over that i'm glad to not see on this list was to kind of institute rules to avoid or remove the shift yeah. so again playing into that cat and mouse game i i just don't know why you'd want to put rules in just to remove some of the strategic play of baseball baseball is a sport where like that that's what baseball is it's a game of statistics numbers and just strategic play of, like I said, cat and mouse or chess places or chess pieces where you're you're trying to do whatever you can to to outsmart or outplay the person across from you. So to do artificial rules just to get away with some of that stuff, it just seems weird. Yeah, so speaking of chess pieces, and probably the biggest chess piece for the Brewers is Jimmy Nelson as he showed up early to training camp, actually. He he did a 45-pitch bullpen session, ran through all of his pitches. He, I heard he had good command. And remains on track for 2019. So let's go into these starters, I think. It 
it seems like then we're we're assuming Nelson is completely healthy, healthy, good to go. I mean, he almost all reports say so. He's he's kind of said that he sure. almost pitched last year, so you'd have to think he's he's good to go. So I think it's basically Nelson and Shasin, their locks, top of the rotation, easy locks, yeah, right. And then after that, is anyone else a lock for the rotation? Um, I think maybe the keys in the lock <laughs> for Chase Anderson and Zach Davies. So Chase, he didn't have a terrible year last year, but he gave up a lot of home runs. I think he could be a bounce back guy for sure. So he's a guy who, who had a, had a career year in 2017 and he was just he, amazing. He was the ace. Yeah. He was the ace. Um, he had a two seven, four ERA one whip. He was 12 and four that year only gave up 14 home runs and then different to 2018 where he had nearly a four ERA and gave up 30 home runs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do because if, if he can be that third guy, I think I think that'll be really good for this team. Yeah, and maybe he'll settle kind of somewhere in between the last two years. Uh, we knew regression was coming. He maybe regressed a little more than we were hoping. What about any of the young guys, though, though? But it- like Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. Do you see any of those guys maybe jumping up and becoming like that fifth starter? So I think I think right now, I think it in my eyes, I think it would be Woodruff. I think he's kind of done his work to to make it on this team, where Burns and Peralta are still the young, and I feel like they might. I actually really think that they actually won't make the team to be wholly honest this year. I think they'll be sent back down to to work on being starters and be brought back up. Obviously, we we used a lot of pitchers last year, so I'm I'm thinking we'll still see them. But another guy too is Josh Tomlin. We signed him on a minor league deal. Could he be the Wade Miley of 2019? There is some similarities. He's a couple years older, but it's it's a pitcher that's in his 30s who's had showing some flashes, but never quite had that those consistent years and has been solid at times it feels very Wade Miley like if if Josh Tomlin works out though and Stearns finds another guy like this it would be unbelievable then Shocking. then he has the back to the future almanac sports almanac yeah he's got something up his sleeve for sure so so we're kind of we're kind of with Sashin Nelson Anderson Davies and then a uh, probably a, I think a Wood- wild card, I guess. Woodruff is actually three years older than Peralta. He's 26 now. Uh, I think he is ready for the rotation, but I would actually like to see Peralta make it over Davies. The thing is, I don't know what you do with Davies. if you don't, He can't pitch out of the bullpen. He just doesn't throw very hard if, if you put uh, Peralta in. But Davies won 17 games. Uh, two years ago, but I just yep. I don't trust him. I'm not excited to see him pitch. He doesn't throw hard. He's got the uh, slowest average fastball of everyone that would be in the rotation. Uh, I know Shasin doesn't throw that hard, but I think Shasin just uh, has a little more in his arsenal. So yeah, I, I but you also look back to Peralta, and he is not overpowering. He depends on location too, but. And when he doesn't hit that location, he's really bad. Yeah, he's. But a, when he hits that location, he's amazing. Yeah, His he's actually awesome. 
Yeah, that's a good point. His fastballs actually uh, averaged only one mile an hour more than uh, than Davies. Like so that 90 is ninety or so, or not ninety, but yeah, 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 yeah ninety, a, right? Yeah, Peralta's about ninety-one, and Davies is yeah. a little under ninety. So I always like power pitchers, but uh, yeah, Peralta, he really showed some flashes last year. I would hope he makes a makes a rotation, and then. Do we all think Burns is just going to the bullpen? Um, He's the other I'm young guy. I'm kind of there, but I kind of feel like there's other bullpen arms right now. I What he did last year was amazing. Um, I will. I can't wait to see if what he does in spring training as far as a starter because the guy's stuff was, was lights out for three innings, a lot a lot of games, two to two to three innings that he pitched. So he was very solid this that last this last year, 7-0. and oh. He had two two six one ERA, one whip. So, anytime he got on there, you got in there, you knew he was just gonna gonna do well. So I am excited to see him, but I don't want him to not succeed. And then all of a sudden, like baseball, you lose confidence and it, it's you're just shot. Like especially for a pitcher. So I just want to make sure he's ready. I guess. So I I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things. Like, let's just see what maybe Woodruff does. Build up Burns a little bit more, and then see what happens with Davies, I guess. Much, much of what you said about Peralta, I'm actually a Corbin Burns fan. I'd like to see him get actually a good chance in that rotation. You talk about a guy who throws hard. Like he's also a guy that has an average fastball of 96 miles per hour. And he has a good, he's got a good four-seam, two-seam fastball, and he has that wicked slider that that drops down to the mid-80s. He's got good stuff. He's got pro, like, ace stuff. So I, I think I'd like to see him get a chance to, but I understand also he's the younger one of the group, so if he has to go down to, to kind of work on that, that's okay. But I still I think it'll be fun spring training to see how he does and bounce back after a really successful first year. It's, that second year is always usually the tougher one. Yeah. yeah, Dealing with success is always a little bit harder because you're going there expecting to be good. So if you can continue that on, that's great. Or if you put in the work to continue to be good. Because now the guys have seen you. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Yeah, Woodruff and Burns. If if we have any guys that are the the fireballers of the starters, it's definitely those two. Uh, I guess so. We've named now about uh, seven or eight pitchers, if you include Tomlin. So uh, some of these guys would have to fit into the bullpen. I think Burns is the most likely option. I think he'd be a great addition. We already have the big three in the bullpen that he could kind of fill in as that other hard-throwing guy. Yeah. Uh, another option, too, is he's our number eight, uh, what is it, number eight-ranked prospect, Zach Brown. Um, I don't foresee him winning a spot this year, but he could be a long arm in the bullpen, too, depending on injuries and stuff. So that's that's something to look forward to, too. Uh, I just kind of wanted to mention that because he's he could be a really good arm in the future. So we could see him take that if Burns gets um, that starting spot. We could see maybe Zach Brown come up periodically through the year. Yeah, he's one of those guys I would think we'll see at some point. But uh, right now, yeah, it is. It's pretty crowded. Uh, actually, oh yeah, for definitely pitchers. So years past, we always felt like I felt like our our pitching staff wasn't good, and we only had a couple guys. And now it's like, well, who? <laughs> who fits where because uh, junior Guerra, i mean he's been solid he's out of options so either he makes his team or he's gone 
So I, granted, he's not going to be a starter. So he's your long arm too. So you got to fit him in there, I would think. Yeah, he could be one of those uh, swings, kind of like your sixth starter. He yeah. pitches out of the bullpen. Uh, injuries are inevitable. He could be a guy that could slot right back in to start, especially if they needed someone on short notice. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting um, who who actually performs well in spring training and grabs starting rotation spots. So before we quickly move on to the relief pitching, it was good to see Brent Suter actually playing catch for the first time since having Tommy John surgery that ended his 2018 season. I'm a big fan of Brent Suter. I really am. I'm a fan of him in the dugout and out of the dugout. I think he's he's, uh, he's yeah, he's funny. He the fact that they made fun of him and said he runs like a T-Rex or whatever or a raptor. <laughs> yeah, raptor. Ra- I think it was raptor. He put that on raptor. he put that on the back of his jersey for the yeah. name thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I think he's got a good sense of humor and yeah, he's always one of the guys kind of screwing around in the in the dugout. I like him. Yeah, I I feel like he's a little bit better than Davies in my eyes right now. Yeah. So on to the purposes, his 2019 season is over before it even starts, but it's good to see him kind of getting out there and throwing and, and hanging out with the guys in spring training. So now moving on to relievers. So I think we have, let's say, one, two, three, four, maybe five for sure's. We probably have eight bullpen arms, right? So we probably have five for sure's. We got the, there's the big three, the end of, end of the game guys, the hard throwing oh, guys. The freaking amazing guys? Yeah. Yeah. Knable, Jeffress, Hater. Need a nickname for those guys. Do they have a nickname? I don't think so. I don't think I've heard anything. Anyway, we don't we don't know who closes games. I mean, it, I'm sure council's going to go the same route. I think it's going to be the hot, hot hand. Hot hand, yeah. But, um because Jeffress kind of lost that last year at one point, but then obviously so did, he so turned it back on. So, so Knable, did. yes, he got hurt, and then he couldn't he couldn't find it until end of the season. He was just he was just amazing at the end of the season for sure. He was one of the best relievers in the league that just last a, month. It was just amazing. He's only twenty four. Like that's just incredible. Yeah, Hader is definitely the MVP of the pitching staff. Oh, definitely. I would expect actually. Uh, Jeffress and Knable, I would think, get more save opportunities than him just because I think there's so many times you can bring Hader in for for other situations and even pitch him multiple innings. He could be he could have games where he pitches like the sixth and the seventh. And Yeah, you know. but I, the only thing I worry about is he was so dominant last year. Can he continue that run? Because we all know the relievers and closers and how many innings he does pitch. He's seen a lot now in this yeah. division and i mean goldschmidt's in our division now so that never makes me happy goldschmidt loves miller amfam park whatever it's called <laughs> so i i hope he continues with his dominance of course he's a great lefty and he hides the ball well but i guess we'll see uh, relievers always make me worried especially closers y- yeah set up men closers. there there are so many relievers that have an amazing year and then just you know have a weird off year. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Matt Albers, disaster of a contract. Uh, yeah. He's one. He had an ERA under two, and then his ERA was over seven last year. I mean, Hater's not going to turn into Matt Albers, but right. You do worry about regression with Hater. Maybe he's, you know, eighty percent of what he was last year, and then he's not the 
best relief pitcher in baseball anymore. Yeah, I still have Matt Albers as one of those five, though, because I feel like he could have a bounce back year. I think he did have a couple injuries last year from what I remember. So maybe something was nagging, nagging along the way. Um, but he has shown in the past that he could be a pretty dominant setup man. So if he comes back and bounces back, that could be a really positive for that bullpen. I know he's a big guy. I hope he holds up because uh, I think he's going to be 36 now. Yeah, I think it was his age 35 season last year. So I hope he still has it. Um, for sure. So they signed Alex Claudio, lefty specialist. Uh, I don't know much about him. Do you know anything about him, Mike? He is not a big strikeout pitcher, uh, so don't expect him to be... Ground, ground balls. <laughs> yeah, hater 2.0. He is fastball averaged 86 miles an hour last Ooh. year. <laughs> so he, yeah, he finds a way to get guys out, though. Uh, he's probably going to be their other big lefty out of the bullpen. I would think so. That seems to be the way their roster's setting up. He's still relatively young, 27, so... I think a uh, decent guy to bring in in terms of uh, just filling out that bullpen and having uh, another competent lefty. He wasn't that great last year, but last year was actually his worst year, which is probably some of the reason uh, we got him. So just looking at the rest of the relievers then, Junior Guerra, probably a long relief guy. Um, you guys are putting Corbin Burns. Um. Well, Andy wants him in the starter. Andy wants him start. in the starter. So we're kind of on the fence with Burns. I I'm going to pencil him into the bullpen. Pencil him in the bullpen. Um. So we have Jake Patrika, Jacob Barnes, Taylor Williams, uh, Jacob Barnes and Taylor Williams, and I would maybe think Patrika kind of move up and down. Uh, we used a lot of pitchers last year. We we moved guys up and down yeah a lot so i would think barnes is part of the uh opening day roster i know he's really streaky and i never completely trust barnes but i think uh he's got enough of a track record another hard thrower i think he he makes opening day roster another guy adrian hauser he played with us last year long relief guy i believe uh maybe two to three innings he's out of options so either he makes the team or doesn't yeah, uh, that's one, I don't know. Yeah, kind of on the fence. Yeah, I don't think that uh, he's that much of a talent that you worry too much about losing him, but you do hate to see guys just leave for nothing. So just to do a little overview, 2018, our pitching staff was 5th in ERA, 4th in quality starts with 92, and 5th in batting average with uh, 233 batting average against um, we lost coach Derek Johnson. Reds snagged him up. I think that's going to be a key to see if he was a big part of that pitching staff, which I'm guessing he was. He they, He's highly regarded around the major leagues, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, key comebacks. I, In my eyes, I think, I think if Jimmy Nelson, Chase Anderson, and Matt Albers can, can be decent, if Jimmy Nelson could play all season and Chase Anderson kind of comes back, I feel like that's going to be huge for this pitching staff. And Albers, just another bullpen arm would be great. And if he can kind of just ha- do, ha- you know, a little bit better than, a uh, little bit worse than what he usually is, is fine. But just not what he did last year, of course. And then thinking of sustainability, if Hader can just 
keep it going. And Shasin had a career year last year. I think this this uh, council's magic with with the bullpenning. I think uh, we could have a pretty good season. They have a good staff. My feeling is if you get Corbin Burns in that in that starting rotation and and he continues to build on his efficiency from the postseason run from last year, I think that's great. And then I like the idea of having Jeffress back. Hopefully he can turn around and have a better or more similar like he had first half than he did second half. But I also like having the depth with Corey Knable, who Eric Kratz said that he's one of the best pitchers he's ever caught. So that's pretty amazing. So I do like that they do have pitching depth, which is one of the things that I don't think we've been able to say as Brewer fans for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we haven't had a collection of young arms like this in maybe our whole lifetime in terms of really feeling good about Woodruff, Peralta, and Burns filling out uh, the pitching staff somewhere because we uh, we lost Sedeno and Jennings. Neither were great, but we got Claudio in to be our lefty specialist. I think uh, Soria gone. We need kind of that who joins the big three. I think that could be Burns. And then, yeah, we Wade Miley, Gio Gonzalez gone. But we have these young guys to step up. And There's still rumors about Gio coming back. Like, that isn't a done deal yet. Yeah, uh, certainly could bring him back for cheap at this point considering right. he's not signed. So Stearns has something up his pocket. We'll we'll see uh what happens in spring training, how they develop, how these pitchers start doing and he'll make some he'll make a move if he has to. Yeah. Let's move on to the catchers. So our obviously our our catcher is Yasmani Grandal. We all know that. Um, but there are a couple other catchers with this team. Manny Pena, Eric Kratz, and possible send down Jacob Nottingham, twenty three years old. He's waiting in the wings for these older guys to get out of his way. Mm-hmm. So but I kinda wanna get into of course we know Grandall, uh solid catcher. He's going to probably thrive at Miller Miller Park, and I think he's going to hit a lot of home runs. I think it's going to be great having him at the end of the, the lineup. But uh, as far as Manny Pena and Eric Kratz, um, Manny Pena is a, was a pretty good hitter before last year. He was hitting like 270, I believe, and then he hit 250 last year. So not that it's bad for a catcher. But um, – so he was a little down last year, but Eric Kratz, obviously we know Kratzy, he was he came on and did a solid job with the pitchers and and also he's just a good good voice to have in the bolt in the locker room too. So I guess who doesn't make this team? I think Kratz doesn't make it. Uh given his age, um I'd be a little sophomore season, he's not gonna make it. Yeah, I'd be a little <laughs> worried of uh speaking of you being on the wrong side of 30 yeah. <laughs> of a little Sogard kind of uh feel yeah, to it where Sogard true. had this hot stretch best uh play of his career and it's just not the player he is there's a reason he's been in the minors most of his career I know he's great in the playoffs but I think if you go into the season with Grandal and Pina that's one of the best duos in baseball definitely uh you feel good having either of those guys play and I just think there's not room for Kratz. Uh, is there room on the coaching staff to have him? Th- yeah, he'd be a great guy to have. 
as a coach, but I think he's maybe someone, if he doesn't catch on anywhere, he's a good guy to have on standby in case of emergency, depending on, I don't know if he wants to keep playing in the minors or what he would do, but uh, otherwise I think Nottingham is a good option as a third catcher where you can call him up, send him down if there's injuries. Uh, just makes more sense than keeping Kratz. Yeah, and Kratz only came up because we had the injuries that happened last year. So, yeah, I could see Nottingham being that guy that, that maybe gets a chance now that he's, what what did I say, 23? Yeah, and uh, yeah, Kratz too brought in because uh, Jet Bandy had just that terrible stretch where right. he just couldn't hit and we had to do something. But yeah, I tend to agree. I think Eric Kratz is probably the odd man out out of, out of this group. I mean, he did sign that ex, that uh, one year deal to avoid arbitration. But I mean, the Brewers are only on the hook for about three hundred thousand. So he seems to be the unfortunate casualty of spring training. So I guess I'll ask this: with if we have uh, obviously we signed Grandal to be our primary catcher, but Pena's a plenty capable backup. How many games would you expect if? Assuming, you know, perfectly healthy season, how many games would you expect Grandal to catch versus Pena? Um I would imagine two thirds of the uh, games. That's kind of what I was thinking somewhere so around. Pena's the, around what fifty, sixty? Yeah, I was thinking right around there, about usually, one time. I think for usually Grandal. Yeah, I think usually Pena was around a hundred and eighty the last two seasons for, for catching, so um, yeah, I could see Grandal if if everything goes well, let's say, um, which I I fully expect that to happen. Um, yeah, I would I would think he he catches most of the games, but Pena is a trusted arm with with some pitchers, I bet. So I'm, I'm sure he'll have his guys that he that he catches for. And it's nice to know that whoever doesn't catch, uh, that's a you know decent pinch hitting option down the bench especially as you get late into a game and you've started to use up some of your bench players you can always bring in either one of them it's capable then of uh filling that role and what's nice about grandal is he's a switch hitter so yeah i love a switch hitting catcher that's great yeah for the dodgers last year he he caught for 140 games so i mean he's pretty durable was there a lot I, i think one of the interesting things is if if he plays defensively like he did in the postseason that could be the only thing i could see eating to some of his numbers where it could be going to a split if, if he's a casualty defensively which i think it was an outlier last year he just really struggled in the postseason he was one of the worst catching performances i've ever seen but yeah, yeah he's that's the thing too is he's kind of known as a better defensive catcher like yeah. the numbers say he's pretty amazing actually as a defensive catcher one of the best maybe right behind jt Riomuto. And yeah, it was so so odd to see and, yeah, that many plays go bad for one player. It it was just amazing, it, really. It, that's just yeah, where things just snowballed. He made a mental mistake, and then he was just in his own head too much. And, oh yeah, uh, it was yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. It was that's play why play. with trying to speed up baseball. Uh, for anyone who's played baseball, you know how much of it is this weird mental game where it's a lot of one-on-one matchups and you're really like going over all this stuff in your head of like what to do. Right. Like more so than any other sport. I think in other sports there's a little more read and react, whereas in baseball you're just kind of like your mind's racing about all kinds of things and 
I so many different situations it, where if it's hit here and hit there, yeah, it could be one of the going on. It could be one of the bigger signings. Of, I mean, it is right now the biggest signing the Brewers have done, but I, it could be one of the bigger turning points for this team because out of all the lists that I've seen on if you rank the top ten catchers in baseball right now, a lot of them would say they'd have in the top three, top five, except for they couldn't put it in there after his postseason performance. So if you take that outlier out, I mean, you, you basically signed or traded for probably a top third at a position that's very scarce and giving you productivity for most teams. So it gives you that much of a leg up yeah, that's on a, other teams. That's a good point. Catcher is incredibly weak across baseball. Like you said, Real Muto's probably the best all-around hitter right now because Buster Posey had hip surgery. He's going to miss the start yeah, of the season. Yeah, they're really limiting his reps. Gary Sanchez is a great power hitter, but he his average was terrible last year. So maybe after those guys, then yeah, it's it's yeah, probably Molina's dying down. Molina, Salvador Perez, Contreras of the Cubs, solid, but like Grandal's in that that next year probably. Right. So it's just it's funny because he only hits about 240, but I mean the yeah. guy hits almost 30 home runs. But yeah, he had th- he's had three straight seasons of mid. To upper twenties and home runs. Just imagine that in in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, in Dodger Stadium, can't forget that. So, for sure. So, if you guys don't have anything else, I think we'll wrap this up. Episode one in the books. Sounds good. Hope you guys enjoyed the the quick breakdown of pitchers and catchers. Episode one of our our Brewers preview. Episode two will bring a infield breakdown. We'll cover the key positions and see what kind of battles are coming in. Hopefully get that out for you in the coming, what, week or so? A couple days? Yeah, something like that. All right, so thanks for guys for tuning in. Catch you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Keep turning up the heat. Brewers, brewers. Keep turning up the heat. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionabletoreturn. Follow each of the guys on Twitter. For Andy, at Andy, the number nine, M-A-N. Mike, at Mike R. Daly. And Pete, at P, Cozy with a K, Junior, Jr. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.